a lost weapon in the medical arsenal? A new study panel has recommended that doctors no longer prescribe baby aspirin to combat heart disease. Long thought to be a cheap, helpful treatment, concerns are now on the rise. Low-dose aspirin is a common solution for people with possible heart conditions, particularly the elderly. But recent studies suggest that the side effects may actually be worse than the diseases themselves. One possible side effect from prolonged use, bleeding in the brain and digestive tract. And the likelihood of this problem increases with age. Experts recommend that those already taking baby aspirin should talk to their primary care doctor. One thing is for sure, more studies will soon be underway. No matter what science comes up with next, our bodies will continue to decay. But the Christian hope has always been the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. And those bodies will never experience sickness or death. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And all week we've been in a series called The Call of Christ. We began our week with the inspiring theme song from The Chosen, so I thought it would be a good bookend as we wrap up our week together. I'm curious if you've seen this epic television show. Tens of millions all over the world have been watching this series, and I realize some people might be a bit skeptical. Is this show really faithful to the Jesus of the Bible? Well, I asked the show's creator, Dallas Jenkins, that very question. I asked him directly, and here's what he told me. Well, you love God's Word. Your show is faithful to God's Word. I love God's Word, and I want to make that very clear. But a TV show which takes these Bible stories, and now we expand. We have cultural context, historical context, and, yes, artistic imagination. So I make it very clear, even from the beginning of episode one, I put up a text on screen that says, this is not a replacement for the Bible. This is not the Bible. God's Word is God's Word. And we are not, and, and, and your Bible has not changed since The Chosen came out. However, this is a TV show based on the people of first century Galilee. And so whenever you add something to the stories, that makes people sometimes a little nervous because you're thinking, wait a minute, God's word is sufficient. Are we, are we adding to it? And I say, I understand, I agree. And I think what people need to understand is that I love God's word. And this show is not a replacement for God's word. But what we're seeing is because we are so faithful to the stories in scripture and whenever we add artistic context, my operating principle is make sure this doesn't violate the intentions or character of Jesus in the gospels. And what people say when they watch it is, huh, I know that's not in the Bible, but it feels inspired by the Bible. And that's true. And so we make sure that all of our storylines are at least within the context of Scripture, that they feel rooted in God's Word, even when they're not based explicitly on Scripture. And I think that's what people are responding to, is they feel like this context is making them love God's Word even more. I'm thankful for the time I've had with Dallas Jenkins, and I'm even more appreciative of his heart to point millions to his Savior. After this program, I want to give you an opportunity to get the entire second season of The Chosen. It comes on two DVDs, and we'll send it to you for your generous gift to support Haven Today. That's eight episodes 
with six hours of viewing content. And I know you and those you love will not only enjoy this series, but I think you'll be pleasantly surprised to better understand how the people that Jesus called to himself in the first century were just like you and me. Call us after the program. Call us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or better yet, go to our website. Watch some of the video interview that I shot with Dallas Jenkins or listen to our uncut interview with him on our Great Stories podcast. And then make your gift and ask for the Season 2 DVD collection. Our website is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now let's get the program cranking here with Carrie Joe. The only thing I want in life is to be known for loving Christ, to build his church, to love his bride, and make his name known far and wide.
It is not fame that I desire, nor stature in my brother's eye. I pray it's said about my life that I lived more to build your name than mine. This is Haven Today here on Friday, The Call of Christ. I'm Charles Morris, and that was a song called The Cause of Christ opening our program and sung for us by Carrie Job. I've met many people throughout my time here at Haven Ministries, people who have a real problem with what we're all about. And we're all about Jesus. And we believe the Bible tells us the story that's all about Jesus. How can you say that when the God of the Old Testament is so angry and full of judgment? That's a question I've heard. And a question I'm sure you've had as well. Is the God of the Old Testament different than the God of the New Testament? It is an important question. And I don't want to make light of the real differences in how the Old Testament and the New Testament speak about the Lord. The old is not the new and the new is not the old. But if we think that the New Testament leaves behind any talk of judgment and wrath we would be wrong. And it's not just the Apostle Paul throughout his letters or John in the book of Revelation who speaks about wrath and judgment. Jesus did it himself. There's a scene in The Chosen, season two, in the finale, that I want you to listen to. Jesus was preparing his famous Sermon on the Mount, and he's asked Matthew, that tax collector, for his honest thoughts. It's all very striking, but if I do the math in terms of good news and bad, it seems like there's not a lot of good news. Anyone who looks at the woman with lust has already committed adultery. Doesn't that make everyone an adulterer? If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Wouldn't that lead to an entire population of people walking around with only one eye? Oh, and this one. If anyone were to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. Mm. Trees that bear bad fruit being cut down and torn into the fire. The gate is narrow and hard that leads to life. Depart from me, I never knew you. Do you realize how heavily laden your sermon is with these kinds of ominous pronouncements? I haven't even named half of them. It's a manifesto, Matthew. I'm not here to be sentimental and soothing. I'm here to start a revolution. Well, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That isn't exactly... I said revolution, not revolt. I'm talking about a radical shift. Did you think I was just going to come here and say, hey, everyone, just uh, keep doing what you've been doing for the last thousand years. It's, It's been going so great. Matthew was simply listing Jesus' own words in his most famous sermon. The Sermon on the Mount, which is found in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Jesus speaks of bad trees being cast into the fire, of gouging out a sinful eye, of cutting off your hand. He warns against false piety and hypocrisy. He makes it clear that using your faith to mistreat others is evil in the sight of the Lord. If you ever thought the New Testament doesn't speak of judgment... It may be because you haven't listened to Jesus' own words. 
Jesus was unashamed about it. He didn't come to bring peace, a false peace that says everyone is fine and no one needs to change or believe differently. He came to bring a sword. No, that is not a license to kill or to go out on our own many crusades against people we dislike. Jesus came to make it clear that he has drawn the line. To stand with Jesus is to stand against abuse and hypocrisy. And it's also to stand against idolatry. That'll bring division in a world that increasingly just wants to ignore corrupt behavior and ungodly character. Judgment is all over the place in that Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached. But that's not all there is, and it's not how the sermon opens. The Beatitudes are some of the most beautiful lines ever spoken. Listen in to the scene from The Chosen. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Yes, but how is it the map? If someone wants to find me, those are the groups they should look for. And then? You are the salt of the earth. Coming out of The Chosen, a scene from season two, the scene where Jesus preaches the Beatitudes for the first time, and Matthew wrote it all down. It was the Exodus in the Old Testament that proved to the people of Israel that the Lord was good and that the Lord was compassionate. And as Jesus preached the Beatitudes on that hillside up there above the Sea of Galilee, he was showing that the Lord's compassion is not only found in the Old Testament, but it's found in him. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Any 
Christian can rejoice at that word. The Lord Jesus calls you blessed. And not because of anything you can do or anything you have done. He calls you blessed because of who he is. He loves us. He wants to make us whole. He wants to redeem us from the present darkness. And he calls us blessed. And even when we are mourning, he comforts us and promises to send us more comfort. Even when we are forgotten and overlooked in this world, he sees us and he calls us blessed. The word here, blessed, blessed, it means happy, full, satisfied, blessed. It's not a superficial word that ignores the mess and the pain we have in life. It penetrates our very darkness. It shines light where we see no light. And it reaches into our very being and tells us something about ourselves that sometimes we simply refuse to believe. You are a beloved child of the Lord. He loves you. He blesses you. It's hard to feel that blessing in a world like ours when so much corruption fills our news cycle, when so much pain and suffering reaches our ears through the cries of the unwanted and the unheard. It's hard to live life in this world. It just is. But the Lord is not far off. He is near. And by the death and resurrection of Jesus, he has secured for us something this world can never take away from us. A blessing, a proclamation over us that we are loved, that he has welcomed us, that we belong with him. We're blessed. And that word can become our identity. We are blessed. It becomes something deeper than simply being grateful for life or friends or family that we enjoy. It becomes a call, the call of Christ to live blessed. And that's what the rest of the Sermon on the Mount is all about. How can we live life as the blessed people of God? We build our life on the rock. Jesus is that rock. We turn away from sin. We demonstrate radical love to our neighbors, laying down our lives sacrificially so that they might see the Lord's glory in our work. Blessed. That's who we are. And that's what we do. So instead of living every day of our lives in deep anxiety about whether the Lord loves you or not, remember, you're blessed. Remember his call to find your rest in his love and never forget that you are blessed if you know Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who
a scripture memory song from the Hidden in My Heart album, the Beatitudes here on this Haven Today. Wouldn't it have been great to hear Jesus speak that Sermon on the Mount? Can you imagine if you were there? I've thought about that often. Think about how he spoke. What was his body language? What was his tone? Well, thankfully, we have his words, and those words are inspired. And those words are used by God to transform our lives. And when you watch the Chosen TV series, it helps paint a new picture in our minds about how these sermons and events and people might have been like in real life. The Chosen is a special series that we've enjoyed watching in our house. And I really want you and those you love to see it as well. You can see the story of Jesus in a fresh and vibrant way through the eyes of people whose lives were transformed by their Savior. People like Mary, Peter, Matthew, that tax collector. Who were they? What were they like before they met Christ? The Chosen uses what we're calling holy creativity to speculate their backstory. But it's always rooted in the gospel narrative that you and I cherish so much. As you watch all eight episodes of season two of The Chosen, you and those you watch it with will see your lives through the lives of those around Jesus. And I think you'll end up with a deeper appreciation of how the gospel truly transforms people. I'd like to send you the DVD collection of The Chosen season two for your gift to Haven today. Our number to call right now is 800 654 2836 865 Haven. And if you don't have a DVD player, but you're blessed by this ministry and you want to support us, you can still make a gift and send the DVD set to someone who would be blessed by it. You can also give by visiting our website. And while you're there, watch the video interview we recorded with Dallas about season two, or listen to our new Great Stories podcast with a full length uncut interview with Dallas as well. And then make your gift and ask for the DVD collection. Our website is haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you make time and come back again next Monday 
when again we'll share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Martin Luther started the Protestant Reformation with his 95 Theses, but in some ways it was his music that nailed the gospel into people's hearts. Like Luther's famous hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. One of my favorite lines from that hymn comes in the third stanza where it says, We need not fear the prince of darkness because, and I quote, one little word shall fell him. Now, what do you suppose that little word is? John 1 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word is Jesus, and no other name has the power to save and sustain life than his. Spend more time with Jesus daily. Try out Anchor Devotional at getanchor.com.